the train has gone Where did you lay him? My Lord Where did you lay him? My Lord Where did you lay him? My Lord The people keep coming but the train has gone Welcome to the Calgary Folk Music Festival podcast series. I'm your host, Kenna Barima. 
We're getting into the Christmas spirit here at the Folk Fest office, and what better way to express our Christmas cheer than with the little Bruce Coburn, who you just heard with his rendition of Mary Had a Baby. The Folk Fest is excited to be presenting Bruce Coburn at the Jubilee Auditorium on March 30th, 2011. As this is the last podcast for 2010 and our special Christmas edition, I've crammed a lot of great features into this episode. We'll have almost the entire staff making an appearance. This episode has Johanna Schwartz hosting a segment showcasing Acres of Dreams, a co-production between the Calgary Folk Music Festival and the High Performance Rodeo, happening in January. She'll be chatting with Chris Demeanor for that as well. Our lovely volunteer coordinator, Talia Potter, is going to make a stop by and share with us her favorite Christmas recipe. I'm also excited to be introducing our new resource development manager, Sarah Leishman. She's going to tell us about how she used to stalk our staff on Facebook. Artistic director, Carrie Clark, is also going to stop by and share with us a new artist she's discovered and won't stop talking about. And lastly, our general manager, Les Semenuk, is going to share with us some Christmas music. So let's get started. The Calgary Folk Music Festival has partnered with the High Performance Rodeo and the Calgary Philharmonic to present Acres of Dreams as a part of the 2011 High Performance Rodeo. Our very own Johanna Schwartz caught up with Chris Demeanor to talk about the project. Here she is chatting with Chris here on the Calgary Folk Music Festival podcast. So we're here with Chris Demeanor. Artistic director of Acres of Dreams, as well as one of the performers. Sounds important. I'm really glad that we're having an opportunity to talk about this this performance because it's such a variety of things coming together. I think um, I want people to be able to wrap their heads around what to expect, what the show is about, Mm -hmm. and uh, what they're going to see when they put themselves in their seats at the Jack Singer on January 12th. Right. So Acres of Dreams, if I understand it, was part of a marketing ploy that brought people to the Canadian West back in the turn of the century. Yeah, actually when I was trying to find a name uh, for the project, I stumbled upon, uh, it actually was an art exhibit at a um, gallery in Ottawa many years ago that was actually entitled Acres of Dreams, which was a series of posters from uh, the British Isles um, around from the mid-1800s to the end of the century, coaxing people to come out and find... um, you know, a new life to find their fortunes, um, you know, basically advertising uh, free land and, and beautiful uh, nature and adventure. And, um, and so, yeah, one of, one of those posters was, was Acres of Dreams. They didn't mention the mosquitoes and the no the cold Canadian winters. They did not mention that. <laughs> Tricked a lot of Ukrainians <laughs> <laughs> to leaving their motherland. People, why did... Uh, yeah, it seems to me like the, 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 the crux of that immigration experience, that's what you're going to be putting into a yes. musical form. Yeah, that was the idea. And, and um, I, I had sort of stressed when talking with the songwriters early on in the project, um, because there are going to be 13 pieces in the, in the presentation, to not think um, solely in a historical context, but also think about... Um, immigration in a contemporary context and also in a personal context so um, so there is a mixture of there are many songwriters many of the the writers were certainly inspired by historical uh, events and characters and stories so a lot of them are, are sort of rooted there but um, but some are um, based in people's own family experiences and and more uh, 
modern interpretations of, 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 the, of the immigrant experience to Canada, to Western Canada in particular. So let's talk about the artists that are involved. Mm-hmm. Besides yourself, we're, we have Wendy McNeil, yep. James Keelahan, Cadence Weapon. Yes. And those are, the, those are the songwriters and those are the performers. Yes. And then we'll be on stage with the support of the live orchestra of yes. the C- Calgary Philharmonic Orchestra, the CPO. And all of these songs are going to be scored and arranged by Olympic scoring arranger Dave, Dave Pierce, Pierce yeah. who's going to take all of your songs and then score them for the orchestra. So you don't have to do that work? No. <laughs> well, was that, that was the, the collaboration with David was actually really interesting because, well, first of all, we're, so there are four songwriters we're each doing three songs one each will be a solo performance so to sort of mm-hmm. sonically break up the night so um two songs each plus a finale song are scored so there will be nine um fully orchestrated songs that dave um that dave scored for orchestra and although obviously you know this for us the songwriters we have a pretty rudimentary if, if not non-existent <laughs> knowledge of <laughs> of notation and definitely not for you know scoring for for an orchestra but i mean as the writers we you know we write melody lines for the songs uh either on keyboard or on guitar mm-hmm. or, with, or with voice and so we were able to kind of articulate to david via email and conversations um uh, sort of more primitive suggestions like oh i i, I kind of hear Pizzicato strings here, and then Some I imagine a swell here. Yeah, thing and there, and you know, right. and he mm-hmm. and he understands what we mean, yep. and he's able to translate and and um, and create uh, something using those ideas. But of course, yeah, using a knowledge that that none of us have. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of the that was the fun surprise about about uh, giving him a demo song, and then hearing the orchestra mock-ups. Um, come back is you know there were there were certain melody lines that we came up with that he was very uh, faithful to and and sort of stuck with and kept in there mm-hmm. so you hear the melody line that you imagine uh, all of a sudden realized with a full horn section which is really neat and then of course he added all sorts of things that we hadn't thought about and mm-hmm. wouldn't have thought about probably uh, as far as just rhythmic uh, underscoring and um you know, and added a lot of drama to a lot of the pieces. <laughs> so it was uh, it was a pretty exciting uh, process. So just getting the songs scored. Yeah, excellent. And all of this is happening remotely. So uh, my understanding is Wendy is in Sweden. James is in. I think he's moved to Nepean now from Winnipeg. From Winnipeg and yeah. Cadence Sweppen is now in based out of Toronto. Or is he in Edmonton yeah, still? Yeah, I, I, I think he still spends some time goes in Edmonton. Goes back and forth. Not, I think he sort of right. goes back and forth. So. so all of this is happening just through emails. It's all and happening virtually. Virtually. Yeah. And yeah, then you'll get together and coalesce it day of the uh, performance? Pretty close. We have Very exciting. Uh, about two days of rehearsal just with the songwriters and also my um, my, my crack band of Peter Mahler, mm-hmm. Diane Cooch, and Chantel Vitalis are going to be on stage as well as sort of the... In some ways, they almost connect the songwriter to mm. the orchestra. There are going to be a real sort of rhythmic backbone to right. the song so that we're not wandering too much um, rhythmically. So they're going to be part of it. So the songwriters and the band will have a couple of days um, to hone some of these songs. And then we have like two two-hour rehearsals with the, with the orchestra, one the day before and one day of. So it's, it's going to be pretty tight. But the, the, the beauty of it is that like, uh, when these musicians get scores in front of them, oh. They just play them, exactly. and they sound 
really good right away. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's just like I, reading a piece of paper for us, just to say words. Uh, I know it's amazing. It's so, it, so I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not read it. It'll be uh, short. I think it'll be a, a, a good note on the time. Cool. So, well, twelve songs, four four musicians, twelve performances of different three songs each. Yep, and then a finale. So and then yeah, a finale. Now, is there a narrative arc to the tales? Is there any? I think there's not really. Um, there aren't so much narrative connectors between the songs, so I think, and I, that's what I'm in the process of doing right now mm-hmm. is trying to organize the night and and think um, of how to space things out, both based on obviously things like like tempo and and um, and mood and content and mm-hmm. uh, and mix up again the historical, personal, and contemporary, and and, and, and skip around amongst those. So I think. I think the umbrella theme of immigration is pretty much that's that's what unifies it thematically, um, you know. Uh, but now that you say that, it'd be cool to like hire some little kid to dress up like in period costume, and, <laughs> a little Dukabor. Go from go from song to song and do different things. You know? Okay, well, I would like associate producer credit if you end you, up with you that. Get it, okay, you got it. Terrific. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Chris. No uh, Acres of Dreams, January twelfth yes. at the Jack Singer Concert Hall, part of the High Performance Rodeo. Yes. Tickets are on sale now. That would be a great Christmas gift. Oh yeah. It would behoove me to also say that the Folk Festival has some uh, holiday passes as well on sale to the fifteenth of December. So maybe that's something people could get together um, something to do in January something to do in July mm-hmm. and I'll see you there great okay thank you
That was Chocolate and Lust from Chris Demeter. He'll be performing as a part of Acres of Dreams at the 25th Annual High Performance Rodeo. Tickets are available through the CPO box office. It's my pleasure to now introduce to our audience our new resource development manager, Sarah Leishman, who comes to us by way of the Calgary Philharmonic Orchestra as manager of donor relations. Sarah has just started with us in November of 2010, and I want to thank Sarah for joining me. Hello, Sarah. Hi, Kenna. Now, uh, tell me a little about yourself. Well, I uh, grew up in Calgary. Cool. And... um, just really have enjoyed being a part of the community here through work and through volunteer activities and things like that. I went to school here and have a lot of great friends cool. in this city. And so I've always just really been involved in trying to make the city more fun to be in and just better in, in every aspect. So. Fantastic. Cool. Now, uh, one could say that it was destiny that brought <laughs> you to us. Tell us about how you came to find out the perfect pre- pre- position for you came available oh my gosh okay (laughs) so everybody uh in the office here knows this story and it was something that I didn't mention in my interview because I didn't want them to think that I was a little bit nutty but uh, but it makes it perfect because (laughs) we are all nutty so you fit in perfectly it it worked out well it worked out well um when they asked me why I wanted this job in my interview I basically just told them about how much I loved the festival and how I grew up going to to music festivals, um, particularly the Calgary Folk Fest. And so I've been a patron for a bazillion years Mm -hmm. and, and just love it. Um, and as such, I've always wanted to work for the festival. So I remember being in the audience when I was probably about 10 years old and just thinking to myself, how cool would it be to have a job working for uh, the Calgary Folk Fest? And you know, life happens and things go one way or another. And my career led me down a little bit of a different path, and and uh, I was looking for a new position. And at that time, this was about two years ago. Mm-hmm. And of course, there was nothing available at the Folk Fest because this is such an awesome place to work that people stick around for a long time. And yeah. and so I ended up finding an opportunity with the Calgary Philharmonic Orchestra. And at that time, I thought to myself, wow, what a great opportunity. This is a way that I can learn about sponsorship and donors and fund development and things like that for an arts organization. And, uh, you know, work there for a couple of years and take in a bunch of skills and then take them over to the Folk Festival. And I wrote that down in October of 2008. Oh, funny. And in the meantime, what I would do is after every festival, I would get on the website (laughs) and look at the pictures of of the, uh, the previous festival just to, you know, See if anyone looked like they might be leaving. So, for example, maybe somebody was pregnant or something like <laughs> right that. And sure enough, uh, right after the festival 2010, I was flipping through the pictures and I saw that the former fund development manager, Ashley Oaks, yeah. looked like she may have had a little bit of a bump under her shirt. <laughs> And so I was really excited about that, and I proceeded to check the website every single day just to see when the job posting came up. And I I wasn't totally sure if perhaps it would be a maternity leave or, you know, maybe things would get switched around and maybe the job wouldn't be posted. But sure enough, it was posted, and, you know, for for an indefinite amount of time. It wasn't a mat leave and it was exactly my skill set. And so had a little bit of a freak out when I uh, <laughs> looked at that on the computer and proceeded to keep it a total secret from all of my friends. The only people that knew that I was applying for this job were my mom and my dad yeah. so that they could uh, proofread my resume nice. and my cover letter. They were also sworn to secrecy. I didn't tell anybody that I had applied for it. Didn't tell anybody that the job was You didn't want to jinx it. Didn't want to jinx it. 
totally kept it to myself. I uh, didn't tell anybody until I got a call for an interview. And then again, only told a couple of friends and proceeded to walk into the interview really nervous really? because I was like, this is the big it job for me, the yep. capital I, capital T. Yep. And went into the interview and was offered Nailed the job. Nailed it. A couple of days later, um, exactly two years and one day to the date that I had written down that this was what I was going to do. That so is wild. That is it my is story. Destiny. It's total destiny. It is destiny. So pretty so excited to be on board. We are really excited to have you. So uh, I think that's a great story, and I'm sure we'll be hearing loads from you. Uh, we'll have you back for uh, maybe the segment, What Does Folk Music Mean to You? Uh, but until then, thanks for stopping by. Thank you. Here's a little Christmas music from the Pogues with Fairy Tale of New York here on the Calgary Folk Music Festival podcast series. There was Christmas Eve, babe, in the drunk tank. An old man said to me Won't see another one And then he sang a song The rare old mountain dew I turned my face away And dreamed about you God years from me and you So happy Christmas I love you baby I can see a better time When all our dreams come true You promised me Broadway was waiting for me You were handsome You were pretty queen of New York City When, when the, the band, band finished playing They held up for more Sinatra was swinging All the junk they were singing We kissed on the corner Then danced through the night The boys of the Envoy Choir were singing Go away play And the bells were ringing out For Christmas Day Dreams around you. The 
Tale of New York on the Calgary Folk Music Festival podcast. So as the festival season comes upon us, I have invited Miss Talia Potter, our volunteer coordinator, coordinator extraordinaire, to share with us one of her favorite Christmas recipes. Hello, Talia. Hi, Kenna. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you for joining me. Now, uh, what do you have for us today? Well, I brought something along that I think it's one of these additions to holiday meals that uh, people tend to either love or hate. Okay. Um, so it's a Brussels sprouts recipe. Oh. And I find, Kenna, there are two kinds of people in the world. <laughs> there are people who love the Brussels sprouts, and there are people like my mother who are sure it's made of floor wax, tastes like floor wax. And will not serve such a now, thing. Now, what happens if the type of person who used to hate Brussels sprouts but now loves them, like well, myself? This is me, right? Yeah. And and so there's a couple of interesting things I found out about Brussels sprouts. Cliche. <gasps> um, first off, first off is often when people are picking fruit and vegetables, they tend to pick small things, right? Because. Uh, when the fruit and vegetables are smaller, the con- the taste is more concentrated. Of course. Brussels sprouts is the exact opposite. You is actually want to go for a big sprout. So there's one place to start is in the grocery store. Uh-huh. Second is that when Brussels sprouts are overcooked, uh-huh. they release a sulfurous odor and taste. So I wonder if all of these people who dislike Brussels sprouts have been overcooking them all this time. The, mum, the mums were boiling them to a point where it was just sulfurous odor and taste. Where I could see how that might come down through the English heritage in my family, <laughs> that we'd have over, overcooked vegetables. But so, so this is something that actually my cousin-in-law uh, brought to Christmas dinner as her contribution a couple of years ago. Nice. And I, uh, I have amended it a little bit. Ooh. Please. So it's um, sautéed Brussels sprouts uh, with prosciutto and toasted pecans. Oh my god! And instead of uh, instead of doing whole Brussels sprouts, you're going to shred them oh. into the leaves. So you just want to cut them up really finely. So okay. you're going to start with two pounds of Brussels sprouts. Okay. Cut them up really fine. Remember, you're going for the big sprouts. Right. Um, next, you need uh, two tablespoons of butter, okay. uh, three tablespoons of olive oil, okay. um, a nice thick slice of prosciutto, so often it comes really thin, and instead you want to ask egg. the deli to make it maybe about a thumb thickness. Nice. And you're going to chop that up into little pieces. Um, a minced garlic clove and two-thirds of a cup of stock. 
some yeah. kind of stock, low sodium because of all the, right. the salt in the ham. Right. Um, and half a cup of toasted pecans. So first off, you uh, saute up, add the butter and the olive oil to the pan. Okay. Throw in the prosciutto mm-hmm. until it just starts to soften. Mm, and then that crackle that happens. Uh, oh, oh, I yeah. also add shallots. So okay. uh, maybe three shallots diced up okay. and the garlic into the pan until nice. they just start to turn color. You don't want them to get too dark. Oh. And then you're just going to throw in the shredded Brussels sprouts and the stock and put a lid on it. And let it cook just for a few minutes. This is the other good thing about doing the saute and mm-hmm. the shred is that it's way faster. Yeah. Uh, take the lid off and just let that liquid cook down so it's a nice um, glaze yeah. on top. And I swear to God, you will never hate Brussels sprouts, Brussels again. sprouts again. That sounds absolutely fantastic. Mm. So are you going to make that for Christmas dinner? You know, we do a potluck Christmas dinner, and it's at my house this year, so I'm on turkey front. And I suppose I could assign dishes. You could. So it's not just Brussels sprouts. I am bossy. I do. I was going to say, you are excellent at delegating. I was not going to say bossy. That's nice of you. (laughs) Well, Talia, thanks so much. I hope that we, uh, in the new year, maybe we'll have you back again for a New Year's special dish of some kind i think i'd be into that you are a fantastic chef well that's nice of you to say you know we should have uh, i'm gonna put it out there we should have uh our hospitality uh guru or uh, yeah gerald would be the man we should have gerald gerald you're next (laughs) thanks kenna So joining us now is Artistic Director Carrie Clark, who is going to share with us um, an artist who has been on her mind as of late since she discovered uh, them a little while ago. Carrie, tell us about uh, who, you are, who you are excited about. Well, I was at a conference recently called Womex, which is a world music conference that happens in Europe, mm-hmm. and they have really great showcases, unlike some conferences where the showcases are 15 minutes, they actually have a full concert. Yeah, you come back from Womex with tons of CDs and all sorts mm-hmm. of ideas for artist bookings, and yeah. It's yeah, and the performance situations are really great. This particular one was out on around midnight, mm-hmm. and it was in the really large hall, which fits 3,000 people, oh, and wow. it's phenomenal for acoustic performances. Yeah. It looks kind of like a cave, it's just a, it's a greatest, one of the greatest halls I've ever been in. Oh, cool. So this woman is from Algeria and her name is Oria Aichi. Ah. And I, I don't know how old she is, but I'd say she's probably close to her 50s. Okay. And she was singing in, in El... She was from Algeria now lives in France and was really interested in the music um, traditional music and Berber songs of Algeria um, okay. and interpretations of songs from southern Algeria um, that are s- sort of sacred songs from that area but actually couldn't sing them I think as a woman in Algeria couldn't really? sing there and I, I understand that she was studying in France and doing some sort of singing on her own in her studying but wasn't a live performance okay. sort of person and was encouraged to perform live and has been now for probably I don't know 10 or 15 years okay. she's got this phenomenal voice and I love the Arabic I'm, I'm yeah. a little biased I'm, I'm really liking <laughs> Middle Eastern sounds right now in the Arabic yeah and it was just her presence is so subtle and then she had a band mm. behind her there were six guys yeah playing a, all Acoustic instruments, there was a little bit of electronics kind of melded in, but really acoustic um, ouds and the traditional drums, yeah. and there's a band leader as well. Yeah. And so she would kind of quietly sing at the front, and then there was a point where she kind of took off this scarf and, and was kind of 
dancing around in a really mm-hmm. interesting way towards the musicians with his scarf, but it was still really subtle, like a very mature yeah. artist and not a traditional, you know, sometimes you see people singing who they're like the dancer in the band. She yeah. wasn't like that. It was like the passion of the music was coming through her. Mm-hmm. So a really intentful <coughs> performance, it sounds like. Yeah, it was amazing. It was like at a midnight, just phenomenal. And the, like I said, the sound was so good. The musicians were amazing. And I love the style of music. I just thought oh, she cool. was incredible. And then heard some of her story afterwards. Awesome. Well, definitely an artist to watch for now. We're going to play a track uh, from her. What track were you thinking that we should play? Yeah, Le Cavalier de Chevet, Le Dame. So something about um, horses and, and, and women or something. I, I just wanted to say that the music that she collects, they're mm-hmm. popular gems that speak of the saints and the rites that activate the daily life of her people. And oh, wow. she places them in a musical setting. There's a fellow named Henri Angel who um, does the work with her. So, uh-huh. so yeah, they are interesting if you know the language I think some of them are in French but most of them are in Arabic so all of her songs are compelling this one is actually the first one on an album that I have it's really beautiful um, and I really thought it was quite amazing you'll hear the background vocals of the players you'll hear the instrumentation and her voice Carrie thank you very much
Aiche with Le Cavalier Le Chevet de Dame. For our last feature of our Christmas edition of the Calgary Folk Music Festival podcast, I'd like to welcome our general manager, Les Semenek, for a chat on the wide range of Christmas music available to music lovers out there. Regardless of what you love, there seems to be something out there for every, everyone. Les, you've brought uh, two tracks for us today. What do, you, what do you have for us? Well, Christmas music is such a huge, huge... It's one of the few times of the year that has its own music written for it and has been written for it since the year dot i guess yeah 2000 yeah, years ago <laughs> that's a good point it's one of the you know so there's you can get whatever you want there's yeah. music originally was written from the religious point of view yeah. then as it became more and more secular there's uh, secular songs it's still one of the few holidays that even at its crassest when you talk about the commercialization of christmas and to buy 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 mm-hmm. under even underlying all that it's to buy for someone else that's true. Which is completely different from the rest of the year. <laughs> That's a good point. So Christmas, you know, in, in our society, Western European society, has taken on a, a thing of its own, and there's these two streams. And like I said, what, what sort of, you know, like anything else, as it becomes commercialized and mm-hmm. the holidays and institution, there is a standard songbook that you hear over and over and, and over, over and over yeah. and over. And some of them are beautiful, but man, you know... There is such, it's amazing how little Christmas music is heard compared to how much there is and what yeah. is actually played around malls and everywhere it's available. True? So I particularly seek out odd things and especially new things. Because, mm-hmm. you know, and things became, all the standards that were written became standards after they were written. So I'm always amazed to see songs being written now and then after a few years you can see some some take on a life of their own it's that's rare true. but they become standards so I brought one of those and I brought one that's a fairly recent it's been written soon to be standard? no no I don't think so okay. but a really interesting take on the religious end of it oh okay cool and people are still writing the sto- it's a great story yeah and it's been told in from a million points of view so it's hard to find a new point of view very true and when you find one it's just blew me away how well it was written and what an interesting take on the christmas story and then i'll play you what i think is now a classic all right cool so the first song is by lenny gallant ah uh, written two years ago it's called the innkeeper and you know the story joseph and mary on their way trying to find a place to stay and being turned away from all the places finally finding a place in the stable well lenny took a viewpoint of one of the guys who actually turned them away. Oh. And then had second thoughts. Interesting. It's a really interesting take on the story. And he's done it. He's written it really, really well. It's orchestrated well. It has emotion. Yeah. It makes you think about yeah. the story. And again, the power of Christmas about a baby can change the world. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that true? <laughs> anyway, it's oh, called cool. The Innkeeper by oh. Lenny Gallant. Awesome. About 10 years ago... I got a network compilation of Christmas songs. Lots okay. of labels do yeah, yeah. do uh, things, and on this song was a song by was a song by Marin Cadell. Okay, it was called "The Cat Carol," and you know, <laughs> I don't think I've read any comments since or can describe the first reaction I heard. I don't know what it is about song about this song, uh-huh. but if you don't cry, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> Uh-oh. I seriously mean there's something wrong with okay. you. Because it's a 
it's a simple story. And if you actually sit back and analyze it, it, uh, it sort of doesn't make that doesn't make any sense. He's right. got Santa Claus. He's got this. Everything's in it. But man, Bruce Evans from Toronto yeah. wrote this song. Myrn Cadell, who had a sort of a little bit of a heyday of her in okay. the late 80s, early 90s. Okay. She was a female performer who started, she was like a performance artist. Okay. So she did spoken words. Right. She has a beautiful voice. It, but a lot of, she had a, a sort of a hit with a song called The Sweater about girls who wear their boy sweaters and boys smell like goats. And oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. my God. I totally recognize yeah. that. Yeah, I remember that. So I, I really don't know how this song got put together because it only appeared on this compilation. Mm-hmm. It's now been re-released by Network. Okay. It has its own website. Ooh. You can buy Cat Carol T-shirts, okay. Cat Carol mugs, <laughs> Cat Carol everything. <laughs> It's the most requested song on CBC since Definitely Not the Opera adopted it as the one song they had to play. Really? They didn't want to play Christmas music, but they had they to play, play that this one song. song. And I've played it every year that I've done a Christmas show. I've had people say I was in the car and about to get out and I couldn't get out. <laughs> and I was in tears when I left. Wow. So. I actually think this is a 10-year-old song that I think now is a classic and yep. will live forever. Wow. And everybody should have a copy. It's been re-released. You can go to the website and buy an illustrated booklet of the Cat Carol. Oh, my God. <laughs> but from a off-chance, yeah. cute little song, yeah. it has a life of its own because somehow it suits the season. And it speaks to people it in some way. It speaks to people about how good we can be if we only did it Mm -hmm. and it's about a cat and a mouse (laughs) but it could be about anything two things two people together anyway I love the cat carol and it's not Christmas until I play it (laughs) but every time I play it I cry (laughs) well that means it's Christmas I don't want to admit it (laughs) I just can't not (laughs) cool well thanks so much Les all right it was cold the night it happened I was tired, it was late I'd served too much wine The troubles I could barely tolerate Through the shouts and drunken laughter Came a knock upon the door There was something desperate in the sound That I chose to ignore Again I heard the knocking Like a hammer on my heart I flung the door open in anger I peered out into the dark I could tell there was no profit To be made from what was there Nothing but a tired and worried man Dusty and threadbare On a donkey there beside him Sat a woman full with child Her time has come, he said to me Might we rest here for a while Again I heard the knocking Like a hammer on my heart But I said I had no room for them Bade them to depart Was the light 
from lamps within the inn or somewhere in the sky. I saw her face turn towards mine. I looked into her eyes. Oh, my knees began to weaken. My hands began to shake. Somehow I felt I'd be forgiven for all my mistakes. Again I heard the knocking like a hammer on my heart. But voices beckoned me inside the inn and I left them in the dark. Some power that was stronger than the darkness could control. I ran out into the street, inquired at every other inn. Oh, it seemed that they'd been turned away from every place they'd been. Again, I heard the knocking like a hammer on my heart. Then I heard a baby cry from somewhere in the dark. I found them in a stable, kings and shepherds gathered round. It seemed there was no room for the likes of me there to be found. Oh, I could not understand it, but I had to see the child. When the mother bade me to come near, I swear I saw him smile. Then I heard what sounded like a thousand chains breaking apart. And a door now swinging open, letting light enter my heart. Enter my heart. Enter my heart.
That was Lenny Gallant with The Innkeeper. Well, that pretty much wraps it up for this edition of the Calgary Folk Music Festival podcast, Christmas edition. I've been your host, Kenna Barima. If you have any questions, concerns, or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Or if you just want to wish us a Merry Christmas, email me at kenna at calgaryfolkfest.com. We're going to take it out with Les's last pick for excellent Christmas music. Here's the Cat Carol. Happy holidays, everyone. The cat wanted into the warm, warm house, but no one would let the cat in. It was cold outside on Christmas Eve. She meowed and meowed by the door. She was not let into the warm, warm house, and her tiny cries were ignored. Twas a blizzard now, the worst of the year. There was no place for her to hide. Just then a poor little mouse crept by. He had lost his way in the snow. He was on his last legs and was almost froze. The cat lifted him with her paw. She said, poor mouse, do not be afraid Because this is Christmas Eve On this freezing night we both need a friend I won't hurt you, stay by my side She dug a small hole in an icy drift This is where they would spend the night She curled herself round her helpless friend Protecting him from the cold Christmas a cat constellation will shine To remind us that her love's still here